welcome to Career Caffeine, the weekly podcast for women who feel stuck, burned out, overwhelmed, or just need a little boost of inspiration in their careers. I'm your host, Angela. I'm a professional career mindset coach, corporate dropout, and dog lover. Every Wednesday, I'll release a brand new episode and invite you to grab a cup of coffee or your favorite bevy of choice and listen in where I'll share a little career wisdom, inspiration, advice, and real talk from my own career experiences as a district manager for more than 20 years working for world-class retail brands and as a career mindset coach where I help women just like you who are on the career hamster wheel and are looking for a change. I'll have topics that are like the coffee chats that you have with your work bestie when you need someone to talk to, and I'll have some occasional guests who will also offer tips and strategies to help you to get unstuck so that you can begin to move forward with your goals, dreams, and career aspirations. If you're interested in learning more about coaching and how I can help you to achieve your career goals, check out my website, AngelaKnightCoaching.com, or drop me an email at Angela at AngelaKnightCoaching.com and follow me here on the Career Caffeine Podcast for free on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Welcome to Career Caffeine, episode number three, seven lessons I've learned in my career. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you seven of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my career, and hopefully it'll help you, even if it's to only know that you're not the only one that's gone through a similar situation or has a similar question. I've been thinking a lot about my career lately because of what I do, which is working with smart, successful, and high-achieving women on building better careers, transitioning into a new one, or just working on small changes that can improve their overall lifestyle. I'm often asked for advice on how to handle or approach certain situations, or if I've ever been in a similar situation. So I thought it would make sense to record an episode on some of the lessons that I've learned throughout my career. The first lesson, number one, is money does not always equal happiness or success. A lot of women look at other people who are earning more than they do and they're thinking, gosh, you know, if only I had the money, then it would be okay. Then I would be able to have a great car or have a designer handbag, or to live in a bigger house, or something connected to a thing or status, or how they're perceived by others. But friends, let me tell you, money does not always equal happiness. And it certainly doesn't always equal success. What I've learned throughout my career is that money is a means to an end. Sure, you know, we all need money. None of us volunteer when we go to work. We all barter our time in exchange for money and benefits. We all base our lifestyle off of the salary that we earn, but it doesn't always equal our true happiness, either in our career or in life. And you know, what I found is interesting in some recent trends, 
a lot of companies are moving toward pay transparency. Pay transparency, it's becoming uh, an expectation in the workplace. In fact, it's a law in several states already. And just a few years ago, it was unheard of to talk about salary. In fact, it was practically forbidden. And I can see there are arguments for both sides for the company to have the opportunity to pay for performance, experience, and also it's one of the largest controllable expenses that any organization has. And it's difficult to explain to an associate or to an employee why there may be a pay discrepancy based on experience or based on some of the skills that they're qualified for that maybe another candidate or another employee hasn't earned yet. But where the recent trends are, it's interesting to see that about 50% of the companies that have not gone to pay transparency yet, I'd say about 25% are still on the fence and thinking about it. And the others are still at a at a place where they're not willing to go there yet. So it'll be interesting to see where this trend goes. But I think that it, what it's doing is with the labor shortage not slowing down or showing any signs of slowing down anytime soon, it's forcing companies to take a good hard look at a lot of things like offering better salaries to attract employees and to increase retention. It's also offering a better glimpse into the future earning potential for entry-level leaders. And it's also forcing companies to become even better at creating a clear path for how its employees can develop and further grow in their career and the specifics that they'll need to accomplish before they can get there. So it'll be really interesting to see how this trend continues and especially how the uh, the labor shortage will impact it down the road. All right, so moving on to lesson number two, and that's you can learn something from everyone. Meaning, yes, you can teach an old dog new tricks like myself. Uh, getting yourself a reverse mentor is one of the best things that I can recommend. In fact, having a reverse mentor and having some honest dialogue about her perception on salaries and being open to understanding what the pay possibilities were, what her peers made, what senior leaders made. It was a really transparent and open conversation that honestly, I would have never considered having five, 10 years ago In fact, it would have been borderline uh, insubordination, but it's that way of thinking that is helping us to see things from another perspective and have that open conversation and that dialogue to consider it. Another thing, so as an example, I'm a Gen Xer and growing up, we had a lot of independence and a lot of autonomy and our communication style tends to be direct to the point and short for efficiency. But what I learned is that when you're communicating with a millennial, whether it's verbal, in person, via email or text, 
they need a lot of feedback and a lot of positive reinforcement. And they also like a lot of exclamation points and emojis in their communication, a little bit flowery, if you will. And it's something that was a blind spot for me. It was something where I felt as long as we were getting the information, it was clear, direct, and to the point, and it made sense, that was okay. So again, it's you never know where you're going to learn and being open to learning from people who work with you, who report into you, or people that you would have never considered before. You can always learn from new experiences and and new places and people. Lesson number three, leadership is hard. It's really hard sometimes. Being a leader means that it's never about you. It's about the people that you lead or that you're in charge of. You may have just had the worst day of your life outside of work, but your responsibility is to show up and to support those you lead. It stops becoming about you. Uh, You lose that luxury when you accept the job and you accept that title. The further you go up the food chain in leadership, the less feedback and support that you receive and the more that everyone comes to you for the solution or the answer. It also means that when things are going wrong, you're going to be the first person that shoulders the blame and the responsibility, whether it was directly your fault or not. But it also means that you get to share in the pride, the joy, the accolades and the celebrations when things do go right as a result of your leadership. And those were some of the proudest and happiest moments in my career. But it also means that you're not always going to have all of the answers. Gosh, I remember right after the pandemic first hit and the entire world was going through something that none of us in this lifetime have ever experienced before. We were going to have to close stores for the first time ever. Uh, for what we thought were going to be several days. And those days turned into weeks, and then later into months. It was one of the most challenging experiences that I've ever had as a leader to not have the answers, to not know what to do, and to have to look my team in the eye and say, I got nothing. (laughs) I don't know what to give you. I, I don't have an answer other than to share that the only thing that matters is that everyone is staying safe and healthy. And I was really worried. I was scared to get on a call, um, a, a virtual call with my team and tell them that. I thought they were going to be looking at me thinking, well, gosh, if she doesn't know, who does? Or they would be disappointed or they would think less of me. Honestly, I think it was probably the best thing that I could have ever done. Um, I had so many calls after that. And I think that you earn a lot of respect from your team or from your people when you admit that you don't always have all of the answers, or especially when you're wrong. Lesson number four, trying to please everyone is mission impossible. You know the saying, if you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. (laughs) Someone will always want more from you than what you're able to give them. And having to make those tough decisions on where and what you're spending your time on 
to meet with the current priorities or objectives. Sometimes means it means that you're going to need to disappoint someone. Being a people pleaser is one of the fastest ways to undermine your own leadership. Ultimately, you don't accomplish the goal or the priority. You'll find yourself compromising just to make everyone happy. Then you'll end up not liking yourself. And ultimately, no one is happy. And in extreme circumstances, you could alienate or lose people. Even in the most innocent of circumstances, like picking a restaurant where everyone would like to go. I remember these situations where you would think it would be the easiest decision, but it usually ended up being more about the location or someone didn't like Mexican or someone was allergic to seafood or some of the simplest decisions can become really difficult if you're a people pleaser. You know, but what I learned was in those situations, just like so many others, you had to make a decision that you felt was in the best interest of everyone and the situation itself and, you know, and stick to it and stick to your guns. Lesson number five, have the tough conversations. And no matter which side of the conversation that you're on, it's important that you're present, that you listen, be objective and aware of everyone else's perspectives. It's just like a car accident. Four people can be involved in a car accident and you will have four different perspectives on the exact same situation. It's the same way at work. And especially when you care about the people that you work with, it can be really difficult to provide constructive feedback. But always remember that you care and it's because you are, um, you're helping. I remember one of the toughest conversations that I ever had to deliver were ones where I knew I had, I was blindsiding people. There was a situation where we were eliminating positions across the organization and the employees that were impacted clearly didn't know until I came to deliver that news. And just to see the faces on the other side of that conversation, one, they were completely blindsided and unaware. Two, some people were in the middle of either buying houses or they were expecting a child and it was absolutely devastating. But what I did learn through those conversations, it was just as much about being present, being empathetic, being a human, as well as having to deliver the decision and knowing that it wasn't going to change, but being available and also being empathetic helped a lot. Other conversations that were always tough were, you know, having to talk to someone who wasn't necessarily doing their job properly or their performance. And those were always tough too, but they're a lot easier than some that I found where it was impacting their job as a result of nothing that they had ever done. It's also important when you're on the receiving end of those conversations, when you're receiving feedback, to be vulnerable, to create a safe space to receive feedback, and know that, gosh, we all have our blind spots, and 
No one can see your intentions, but only the actions. I remember one time one of uh, my managers had shared that, gosh, I haven't seen you in a while now. And I knew the reason was I was needed elsewhere. There were other priorities and emergencies. But for that person or for that manager, they were curious if it was intentional or if I was avoiding them in some way, which of course wasn't the case. But I learned that just stopping to have that conversation and explaining the reason why can go a long way to removing some of those blanks that we fill in in the absence of an answer. Lesson number six, always recharge your own batteries. You know the phrase, no one can get energized from a dead battery. Well, that's the case for us too. And, you know, one thing I learned was to plan my PTO or my time off and to take it. I delegated my responsibilities to a point of contact. And I really took time away from work. Not only will you benefit from it, or did I benefit from it, but it also sends a really powerful message to your team, your coworkers, that taking time off is important. It's also a really good opportunity to build trust and camaraderie, you know, by giving other people an opportunity to take on new or different responsibilities that maybe they're working on for their personal growth or their career objective. So remember that reverse mentor we talked about earlier? You know, who knows, maybe there's someone else that has a fresh idea, or a different perspective, or maybe a way that could make a process more efficient or bring new energy into it. Gone are the days where it's necessary to work 70 80 hour work weeks, and to still feel like you're getting ahead or those types of mentalities are outdated, old fashioned, and let's face it, no one likes a martyr. Lesson number seven, and heads up on this one, there may be a little language, but bullshit happens. And I think that's the case in work, in life, uh, everywhere in general. But uh, lesson number seven, again, is bullshit happens. And honestly, this could be uh, an entirely separate podcast episode. So you guys will have to let me know your thoughts on that. But when it comes down to it, bullshit happens everywhere, you know, especially at work. You just have to learn when it's worth your time and effort to address it, to do something about it, or just to let it go. If you decide to call bullshit, you know, make sure that it's about a fact or a situation and not the person. Admit it, you've probably caught yourself thinking or maybe even saying out loud, why do we have to do this bullshit? It doesn't make any sense. Sometimes when you step away from the situation, you allow yourself some time to process and think. It gives you that time to contemplate one, how you want to respond or if you want to respond at all. But if you do, be sure to be respectful. Come from a place of curiosity. And don't always assume that it's malicious. Sometimes people don't know that they're coming across as a bullshitter. 
And sometimes as an organization, they may not be aware of some of the outdated processes or things that are time or energy vampires that could be spent elsewhere. Sometimes it's just about bringing that out in the open and finding a safe environment and a productive way to present it. Sometimes when it's a person or a situation, we've all been in those meetings where you know who the bullshitters were, right? You know, and sometimes they might just be craving attention. You never know what someone's backstory is. But the drama seekers and the pot stirrers beware because eventually people who stir the pot are eventually going to have to lick the spoon. So those are some of the lessons that I've learned along the way. And hopefully, it may have helped you or at the very least understood that you're not alone and that we're all in this together. So that concludes today's episode. And as always, I'm wishing you a full cup of possibilities. So if you guys have ideas or topics, or anything that you would like to have considered for a future show, send them my way. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at Angela at Angela coaching.com. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.